Hey, Fidelity, can I get a second opinion on stocks in the Fidelity app? With Fidelity, it's easy to get an outside opinion from independent experts in a single score. And then? When you're ready, trade U.S. stocks and ETFs with no commissions. That's right. I am always right. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity account. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at Fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Good morning. It's Thursday and off to a calmer start at the nation's airport. But the fallout over the coast-to-coast chaos, it is far from over. It's January 12th, and this is today. Glitch in the system, an investigation underway into that massive FAA failure that brought flights nationwide to a standstill for hours. More than 10,000 canceled or delayed passengers and the airline still scrambling to recover. We can't look at this as just some software glitch. This is a major problem. Uh, We can't have this again. This morning, a closer look at what created those problems and what's being done to make sure they do not happen again. Paper trail, a second batch of classified documents found at an office tied to President Biden. Calls from Republicans growing louder to appoint a special counsel to investigate. We're live from the White House. Flooding fears, overnight more rain in California, putting millions on alert once again amid a desperate search for a five-year-old boy swept out of his mother's arms. I tried to hold his hands and pulled him away from me. We'll have the very latest and Al's forecast tracking new storms on both coasts. Heading to court, the suspect in those Idaho college murders facing a judge today as a new timeline in the case begins to emerge. All that plus sticker shock. Prices on grocery store staples, especially eggs, still soaring. Why they remain so high and what you can do to save. And happy homecoming. The Bills' DeMar Hamlin out of the hospital and back home with his family. Welcome news for his teammates after that on-field scare. It's a blessing, you know. Um, like that just shows the type of kid that he is. Inside the next chapter in Hamlin's remarkable recovery. Today, Thursday, January 12th. 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Oda Cutby. From Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Well, good morning. Good to see you at 7 a.m. on the West Coast. We're so happy that you're joining us on a Thursday morning, the morning that DeMar Hamlin wakes up in his own bed. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, what an ordeal. Yeah. Ten days this has been going on, but what incredible progress he's made. So it's just wonderful to see him doing so well. We'll have a lot more on that in just a moment. But we're going to start with that technical mm. glitch behind the chaos at the nation's airport. Yeah, all the airlines are just trying to get back on track. Let's check out LAX this morning. Uh, we can tell you that nationwide, more than 500 flights today have already been delayed. The reason for yesterday's problems and the major ripple effect we saw, a critical software system used by the FAA went down, prompting a pause to departing flights. And it came on the heels, need we remind you of that, that travel nightmare over the holidays that had left some travelers standing for days and searching for their luggage. Question is, is this the new normal? NBC's Tom Costello is right there at Reagan National. Hey, Tom, good morning. Uh, let's hope not. Hoda, good morning. Things are moving here at Reagan National Airport. Behind me, they're loading bags into planes. Planes are moving out on the ramps, also also out on the runways. Listen, right now nationwide, we've got about 
602 cancellations, and we've got about 77 cancellations, 602 flight delays. That is a vast improvement from yesterday when the delays and cancellations cascaded through the entire day. We now know what the problem was, a damaged file inside a critical piece of software that the FAA uses every day, no sign of a cyber attack. At airports across the country this morning, all systems are go, even though some passengers are still struggling with the domino effects of yet another turbulent day for air travel. The FAA now says a corrupted software file led to the largest ground stop of flights since 9-11, just before we came on the air Wednesday. We've got a major outage, breaking news coming from the FAA. This is a big story right now. The FAA has grounded all American flights. That software shutdown led to a two-hour halt on the tarmac and then 9,000 delays and nearly 3,000 cancellations through the day. The FAA says the NOTAM, or Notice to Air Missions System, went down. It relays essential safety information to pilots on everything from runway closures to construction, military, and space activities. It provides the pilots with the most up-to-date information on things that are not normal. And uh, airline pilots are required to have it. As the agency worked to bring it all back online, morning travelers, especially with connections, found themselves stuck and scrambling. We all anticipate coming to the airport and everything going smoothly. And today that didn't happen. Government sources tell NBC News issues started developing Tuesday, prompting the FAA to reboot the system. This is an incredibly complex system, uh, so uh, uh, glitches or complications uh, happen all the time, but we can't allow them to uh, ever lead to this level of disruption. Industry experts say it points to the need for upgrades to the system. Lawmakers, meanwhile, say they want more transparency. We can't look at this as just some software glitch. This is a major problem. Uh, we can't have this again. All of it rubbing salt in the wounds of a traveling public still recovering from a tumultuous holiday travel period. But unlike that meltdown, this time around, airlines will not be obligated to pay for hotels or meals. We have Airbnbs booked, rental cars booked, you know, and that's going to be a nightmare trying to get a refund. We now know that it wasn't just the main system that went down, also the backup system went down because of this damaged or corrupted file. And a very strange coincidence. It turns out Canada's NOTAM system also went down for several hours yesterday. Canada says it's unrelated to the U.S. system. Just a strange coincidence. Hoda, back to you. That is a strange, a strange coincidence. All right, Tom, lawmakers on Capitol Hill saying they plan to investigate what happened yesterday, the outage. What's the latest? Well, of course, both the DOT will be investigating and Congress investigating. And I think one of the key questions is going to be, how much money does the FAA need to upgrade its computer systems? We're going into that authorization period, right, when we set the budget for the FAA and Congress will clearly be looking at how much money they need. Hoda. All right, Tom Costello for us there at Reagan National. Tom, thank you. President Biden facing new scrutiny this morning after AIDS discovered more classified documents from his time as vice president at another location tied to Mr. Biden. NBC's chief White House correspondent Peter Alexander with the latest. Peter, good morning. Savannah, the controversy over classified documents is growing, and the second discovery is only intensifying Republican attacks on President Biden. Here's what we know. Since November, when President Biden's lawyers discover that first batch of materials, Biden aides have been conducting what one source describes as an exhaustive search for any more classified documents that might be elsewhere. And now we're learning they found some. 
This morning, new revelations. NBC News has learned President Biden's aides have discovered a second set of classified documents in a different location than the Washington office Mr. Biden occasionally used after his vice presidency, according to a person familiar with the matter. The White House and Justice Department are not commenting. Still unclear exactly where they were found, how many, and the classification level of those additional documents. Just this week, President Biden said he takes classified information seriously and spoke for the first time about what sources tell NBC News were fewer than a dozen classified documents found by his lawyers at the Penn-Biden Center just days before the midterms. I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office and we're cooperating fully. Among the unanswered questions this morning, when were the new documents found? And is the search complete for other classified materials Mr. Biden may have from the Obama administration? While the Justice Department is reviewing the matter with Attorney General Merrick Garland assigning a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney to head it up, Republicans are demanding Garland go further. If you thought it was necessary, Attorney General, to appoint a special counsel regarding President Trump, then you need to do the exact same thing regarding President Biden when it comes to handling classified information. The president slammed Mr. Trump last fall when asked about this FBI photograph of the seized documents spread out by agents on the floor of Mar-a-Lago. How that could possibly happen, how anyone could be that irresponsible. President Biden has also said his lawyers turned over those classified documents to the National Archives as soon as they were discovered something former President Trump resisted for months until the FBI conducted a court-ordered search of his Mar-a-Lago estate. The White House has made a strategic decision here not to discuss these discoveries in detail, given the Justice Department's review, but they are facing particularly tough criticism for not making public at the time that they found that first batch of documents right before the midterms. All right, Peter, uh, and while we have you there, Dr. Jill Biden recovering this morning after surgery to remove two cancerous lesions. What do you know? Savannah, this was a scheduled procedure the First Lady had at Walter Reed yesterday. Doctors successfully removed those two small cancerous lesions, one uh, above her right eye, the other on her chest. Both were what they call basal cell carcinomas, a type of skin cancer. During her visit, doctors also spotted another area of concern on her other eyelid and removed that completely to be examined. She returned home yesterday evening. Unfortunately, her office says she's in good spirits. Savannah. A little bit more on Dr. Biden uh, next hour as well. Peter, thank you. Meantime, we're tracking the threat of more severe weather on both coasts. So in California, the race is on to clean up from that series of intense and destructive storms before the next one even hits. And millions are bracing for rain across the eastern half of the country. Al's got his forecast coming up in just a moment. But NBC national correspondent Miguel Almaguer, he joins us from out west in Sacramento, California. Hey, Miguel, good morning. Hoda, good morning. The rain here in California has finally stopped for now, so we're getting a better perspective of the damage. Take a look at this building here behind me. A massive tree just knifed right through it. That tree was actually standing right here when it toppled over from all of the rain. And just behind this tree stump, you'll see another tree stump. Well, that tree sliced right through this building. Today, we're getting a better perspective of the damage, but another storm is on the way. More misery swamping the Golden State as dangerous flooding from another Pineapple Express putting property and people in jeopardy. The storms have claimed at least 18 lives so far. 
Today, more than 100 members of the National Guard searching for five-year-old Kyle Doan. Kyle had told me, Mommy, it's, it's okay. Everything, everything will be okay. The little boy swept out of his mother's arms as they tried to escape their flooded car. I tried to hold his hands and the current pulled him away from me. Kyle was drifting down the um, river and I could see his head bobbing on the top of the river. In the Central Valley and along the entire coastline, massive landslides and fast-moving water destroying roadways, bridges, and train tracks. San Francisco hit by thunderstorms and hail. The damage to statewide infrastructure could top a billion dollars, say experts. The governor warning climate change could make bomb cyclones like this one more frequent. The dries are getting a lot drier in the last three years and the wets again a lot wetter. This weather whiplash is that new reality. With reservoirs starting to fill back up and the snowpack in parts of the Sierras already more than 200% above average, the storms are helping to reduce the drought. But right now, the soil can't absorb any more rain. This is about a 150-foot pine tree that came down. Down trees crashing across roadways and into homes. More than a 1,000 have toppled in the city of Sacramento alone. This morning, emergency crews working to repair what they can before the next storm blows in. While the rain has stopped, the threat has not subsided. All of the ground across California is oversaturated and weak. It's compromised. So there's concern we could have more trees that topple over, more landslides over the next 48 hours, even though all the rain has stopped for now. Hoda, back to you. Yeah, Al Miguel Forest there in Sacramento. Miguel, thanks. And that brings us to mm-hmm. Al. What's on top today? Well, unfortunately, while we're going to get a little bit of a break right now for Central and Southern California, this now is moving into the Pacific Northwest, Northern California, Oregon as well. Okay, so here's the first storm. This will be coming in today, on into tomorrow. Heavy rain in the coast of Northwestern California. South, the atmospheric river is going to start to shift to the south. And so this is the second storm that's coming Saturday into Sunday. Heavy rain for the Sierra and and is looking for snow there. Flood risk will increase for all of California. And then this third storm, Sunday night into Monday, this is going to be the strongest one of the series. We're really worried about this. Significant flooding and wind. So a lot of those trees coming down, a lot more landslides. This is going to be a big problem into early next week for them. Rainfall amounts some places locally by Tuesday, eight inches of rain and snow in the Sierra, anywhere from four to six feet of snow. So that's going to be that. Now, the system that's making its way, this happened yesterday. This system is now making its way into the Ohio and Mississippi River Valleys. Severe thunderstorm watches is going to be pushing to the east, bringing a severe risk for our friends down in the southeast. 16 million people at risk for wind gusts, damaging hail, and tornadoes possible. You can see in this bullseye here, Atlanta is part of that as well. The system continues to move to the east, bringing snow showers for New England and the Appalachians. And then behind it much colder air for the northeast with temperatures dropping 20s into the 30s so big changes going on for both coasts guys all right al thank you so much all right let's welcome in craig craig we love this story yeah, we do. this is a good one demar yes. hamlin going home oh hold on yep. good morning savannah as you noted at the top of the broadcast it has been 10 days now since demar hamlin's collapse on that field during monday night football this morning though after stays in two hospitals the buffalo bill safety 
finally back at home where he is going to continue to recover, we're told. NBC national correspondent Gabe Gutierrez is here with more. Gabe, good morning. Craig, good morning. This is such encouraging news, especially after those chilling moments following that tackle. DeMar Hamlin's teammates are now preparing for their wildcard playoff game against the Miami Dolphins on Sunday, but they have a lot on their minds off the field, too. This morning, DeMar Hamlin is out of the hospital and home with his family after what doctors are calling a remarkable recovery. It's an awesome feeling. Um, you know, we're just hoping that he's getting his rest and his recovery. And um, as a team, we're, we're extremely happy. The 24-year-old Bill's safety collapsed on the field 10 days ago, suffering cardiac arrest. Hamlin was transferred from a hospital in Cincinnati to a Buffalo facility on Monday after being healthy enough to watch and celebrate his team's victory Sunday against the Patriots. When the uh, opening kickoff was run back, he jumped up and down, got out of his, uh, his uh, chair. The Bills now say he went through a comprehensive medical evaluation before being discharged, including cardiac, neurological and vascular testing. It's a blessing, you know, um, like that just shows the type of kid that he is that he's fought and he's continuing to win you know um there's no place that he would like rather be than in his own bed as for when he might return to the team's facility his health is first and foremost on our mind as far as his situation goes and then uh, when he feels ready um, you know we welcome him back as, uh, as he feels ready in the meantime, the outpouring of support is growing. An online community toy drive in Hamlin's name has raised a staggering $8.7 million. Days ago, Hamlin thanking his supporters in an online post, writing in part, the same love you have all shown me is the same love I plan to put back into the world. His teammates now eager for a visit. I know some guys were, you know, were chomping at the bit to go see him, um, but you know, against doctor's orders, just making sure that he's, like I said, getting his rest and recovery and taking it slow and um, obviously just trying to trying to get back to, to being himself. Taking it slow. Hamlin will continue his rehabilitation with the Bills. And so far, the team and his doctors have not disclosed the results of tests over the past several days to determine the reason his heart stopped after that tackle, guys. Yeah. Thank you. I've had the opportunity to spend some time talking to folks close to DeMar, and in addition to the first-class care that he's gotten, mm -hmm. first on the field and then at the hospital, they credit one thing, prayer. Yeah. From all over yeah, this country, yeah, all over yeah. the world, from complete strangers. Amen. Prayer. <laughs> right? And right? Mr. Roker, I mean... You, I know you, the power of that prayer. Trust yes. me. I know the power of Damari. I know. He knows. <laughs> I know. We all know. So yep. there you have it. We also know we're looking at heavy rain into the Pacific Northwest. Much cooler today down through Texas into the Central Plains. They get a break in Southern, Southern California today. Strong storms in the southeast. we got winter weather advisories up into New England for some snow. Going to be some slippery travel there later today, this morning on into later today. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Sam. Al, thank you. Straight ahead, new details now on what led to an arrest in the Idaho College murders. The suspect will face a judge again today. And Stephanie Gosk is right there at the courthouse. Hi, Stephanie. Hey, Savannah, good morning. You know, Brian Koberger has been on the ground here just over a week. This will be his second hearing. We'll have details on what to expect and that new information about the investigation, specifically when it was that Koberger became a suspect in this case. Coming up. All right, Steph, thanks. Plus, if inflation is easing, then why are prices so high for things like eggs? We're going to take a closer look and show you where you can save. But first, this is Today on NBC.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Back at 7.30, look, up in the air. Is that, <laughs> Al, is that a green comet it passing is. by the Earth for the first time in more than 50,000 years? That's right, and it is actually very close to the sun. Oh, so that's why we can see it? That's right. Okay. Uh, you use your telescope or bi- yep. binoculars. Although it will be at its closest point to Earth if it continues brightening, yeah. uh, we may have been able to be, see it by with uh, the naked eye. February 2nd. Oh, uh, on Groundhog Day. On Groundhog Day. Oh. So you'll be able to see it again and again. (laughs) Don't fly angry. Uh, It'll be be like 26 million miles away from us. Oh, wow. So very close. Yes. Thank you, Al. Uh, Let's get our 730 headlines. We begin with breaking news. A nursing strike that disrupted care at two of the largest hospitals in New York City is over this morning. The Hospitals and Nurses Union announcing overnight the two sides have reached a tentative agreement. More than 7,000 nurses will return to work today after three days on the picket lines. They were seeking better staffing and an increase in pay. Also overnight, emergency crews in Pennsylvania rescued a man who had been trapped in a trench for more than eight hours. The 27-year-old private contractor and his co-worker were working on some sewer lines in the backyard of a home when suddenly that trench caved in. The first worker was able to climb out, but the second worker remained buried up to his chin in that trench, about 15 feet down, as you can see there. Eventually, workers were able to dig him out and haul him to safety. American astronaut Frank Rubio and two Russian cosmonauts will have to spend a few extra months at the International Space Station after their original ride home was damaged. They were supposed to return to Earth in March in the same Soyuz capsule that had carried them to space, but... That capsule was hit by a tiny meteoroid last month, creating a small hole in the exterior radiator. So now Russia's going to send up a new capsule to bring them back, but it could be September before the crew can come home. Uh, Also this morning, the suspect in the killings of those four University of Idaho students set to appear in court today. Yeah, NBC's Stephanie Gosk is in Moscow for us again this morning at the courthouse. Stephanie, good morning. 
Hey, guys, good morning. This is a status hearing, and Koberger has said through his public defender in Pennsylvania that he expects to be exonerated. Meanwhile, a law enforcement source is giving us new information in this investigation. He tells us that Koberger didn't become a suspect in this case until December 23rd. That is weeks after that affidavit suggests. And it was that DNA, specifically forensic genealogy, that was the key. Brian Koberger in front of a judge again today, facing four counts of first-degree murder. The quadruple homicide case that has captivated the country for months broke open on December 23rd, according to a source close to the investigation, when forensic genealogy led investigators to a specific family, and that eventually led them to Brian Koberger himself. The probable cause affidavit says that same day, December 23rd, police issued a warrant for Koberger's cell phone records. Days later, investigators also searched the trash at the Pennsylvania home and found a strong DNA connection. Police at Washington State University identified Koberger as the owner of a white Hyundai Elantra on November 29th, according to police. But investigators wouldn't have incriminating cell phone records and DNA results until weeks later. The affidavit makes no mention of forensic genealogy, but at the time of the arrest, two law enforcement sources told NBC News it played a key role. Moscow police said they could not comment. A judge has issued a gag order for law enforcement involved in the case. Koberger was pursuing his Ph.D. in criminology at Washington State University. An undergraduate student who had him as a teaching assistant spoke with Dateline as part of a two-hour special report on the murders airing tomorrow night. Even when he was standing in front of the class, it was like he was, you know, in a box. He was very, mm, I don't know, uncomfortable, I guess. Like, it felt like he was perpetually uncomfortable. On campus, the spring semester has begun. I expect it to feel a lot better. The dean understands students are still rattled by the tragedy, hiring extra security and even handing out pocket-sized alarms. Why do you feel like that's necessary even though an arrest has been made? We don't want students to be distracted from what their number one focus is, which is their educational experience by worrying about their safety. Also returning to campus, victim Ethan Chapin's two siblings, missing their third triplet. Their mother thanking the community for their support in a Facebook post. She wrote that her son had been inclusive, carefree, happy, just the best person you could ever meet. He touched lives we had no idea existed. This is a procedural hearing today. Koberger will have to decide whether he wants a preliminary hearing, which is like a dry run of the trial, or just go straight to an arraignment and you could expect further court dates to be set. Hoda and Savannah, back to you guys. All right, Stephanie, thank you so much. Let's bring in NBC senior legal correspondent Laura Jarrett. Laura, good morning to you. Good morning. So we got a new piece of evidence that we learned about today, this genealogy, this forensic genealogy. It came to light late December. How did, does that change the dynamics of the case at all? I think Stephanie's reporting really underscores just how critical the DNA evidence was for investigators here. Because you think back to late November, they really didn't have much. They have a white Elantra mm-hmm. at a high speed going away from the crime scene. And they have Kohlberger registered on the campus and he has a white Elantra. That's not enough not to make enough. an arrest. They really needed the DNA, the little the, you know, the little piece that they got from that knife sheath um, mm-hmm. next to the body. That was really critical. And combine that now with the phone records that's when you see the arrest happen Mm -hmm. just days later. And it answers that question of why was there such a lag? That's what everyone wanted to Mm -hmm. know. That's what broke open the case, it seems, for for the investigators there. Let's talk about today. It's a status hearing to determine whether or not there will be what's called a preliminary hearing. Now, what are the pros? Because the defendant, the Koberger, could say, 
I don't need a preliminary hearing. Let's just go forward with the case. What are the pros and cons Mm -hmm. of doing it? So I think it's a real sign today, if he says that he wants one, of how aggressively he's going to, he and his lawyers are going to defend against these charges, right? Because he could waive it. But if he says he wants one, as you heard Stephanie say, it's almost a mini trial. That's the best way to think about it. Prosecutors are going to put on evidence. You're going to see a police detective. You're going to hear about DNA. He could cross-examine witnesses if he wants to. He doesn't have to. Remember, the burden here is not on him to prove that he's innocent. It's on the state to prove that they have probable cause, that a crime has been committed, and that he is the one who committed that crime. So if you were the defense attorney, what would be your strategy? What would you do? Well, I mean, there's a couple pieces here that they could poke holes into. Number one being, they cannot pin him down definitively to the scene of the crime. They they don't know whether his phone was off or something like that, but they can't pin him down. That's an area that I think a defense attorney could exploit. Mm-hmm. All right, Laura, thank you. We shall see. A programming note, as mentioned, Dateline has a two-hour special with the very latest on the case and new interviews with families of the victims. That's tomorrow night, 9, 8 central. Mm-hmm. Craig? Coming up here on a Thursday morning, tributes pouring in after the sudden death of legendary guitarist Jeff Beck. How fans and fellow icons of music, from Mick Jagger to Rod Stewart, are remembering his impact and that legendary career. First, though, an ongoing struggle for a lot of families. We're going to break down the still high prices at the grocery store with Emily Aketa. Emily? And Craig, one of the places you can really feel the squeeze at the supermarket is this aisle, this carton of eggs going for $7. So what's keeping the price of eggs so high? We'll explain after this and break down ways you can beat back inflation. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. We're back now. It is 742 with today's Consumer Confidential and some mixed news when it comes to your family's budget. Yeah, as we move into the new year, inflation is expected to ease a bit. That's good news. But one place is, place that families are definitely still feeling the pinch is the grocery mm-hmm. store. Yeah, very much so in a lot of cases. Emily Ikata joins us with a closer look and how you can avoid that supermarket squeeze. Hey, Emily. Guys, good morning. So the average household spends more than $5,000 a year on groceries, and inflation is only pushing that hefty bill even higher. One of the hardest-hit products is right here, this kitchen staple. Last year, the national average for a dozen eggs was below $2. Now people are shelling out two, even three times that. Look at the price tag here, $5.39. And if you want organic eggs, be prepared to cough up even more. 
Inflation may be easing overall, but sticker shock at supermarkets is sticking around. They just continually go up. Grocery store staples like flour, bread and milk surging by double digits in 2022. Chicken, coffee and fruits and veggies shrinking shoppers' wallets too. This little bag, it's, it's, it's $12 worth of ham, okay? It probably was $5 a year ago. But it's eggs that are serving the biggest blow to budgets. The national average for a dozen, more than doubling in cost from 2021, jumping even more in some states. $8, eight cash, oh my Lord. And that's if you can find them at all. Looks like eggs are the new toilet paper, one Twitter user wrote, joining the chorus of shoppers airing their frustrations on social media. Experts say food prices have been impacted by severe weather, labor shortages, and Russia's ongoing war in Ukraine. But when it comes to soaring egg prices, another big reason is the deadliest avian flu on record, which is impacting almost every state. So once one bird gets that flu, they all get taken out in short order. To what degree has the avian flu impacted supply? It's reduced supply by 5% year over year. Economists say high egg prices could hang on for months. Bad news for shoppers and businesses alike. Raspberry coconut or lemon lavender? We first met bakery owner Renee Ferris last spring. It's pretty bad. She's stunned the sky-high cost of baking essentials has persisted for this long. First it was the pandemic, now it's inflation. Does it feel like you can't catch your breath? Yes, we're a bakery, so our items are uh, butter, milk, eggs, flour. And those are the things that are, are the highest in price right now. Still, shoppers can find bargains in a few corners of the supermarket. The price of bacon, steaks, and avocados all falling in recent months. For further savings, experts say create a meal routine that will make grocery shopping more predictable for your wallet. While prepackaged veggies and cheese can save you time, opt for whole items to save money. And look for select essentials at dollar stores, like name brand cereals and snack bags. All of it to help stretch your dollar further and beat back inflation. Well, I mean, at least bacon, steaks, and avocado prices are going down, Emily. As you noted, though, average family spending about 5 k a year on groceries. How can they pin down a budget? So, Craig, a good starting point is something called the 50-30-20 budgeting rule. And so what you do, you look at your take-home pay every month and you designate 50% for your needs. That would be housing, transportation, and groceries, 30% for your wants, and 20% for savings and repayment of debt. That way you can kind of check yourself throughout the month on your spending. One other good tip, before you even leave your home, before you step foot in a grocery store, shop your pantry so you know what you have, you make the best of what you have, and no food is going to waste. Guys. All right. Emily Ketter there at a grocery store. Emily, thank you. You just cleaned out your pantry. I did. And went into the freezer and found some meat that was from 2019. Oh, oh. You know. I thought oh, you were going to say 20 that. years ago. <laughs> no, I didn't shop that. No. Yeah. <laughs> it was a permafrost. Oh, I'll tell, uh, tell you one thing. The, we've had this all this rain out west. Well, it has actually been beneficial for much of the rest of the country. Why? Well, this active Pacific storm tracks into the west. It brings that warmer, moisture Pacific air across the country. So this is milder air. And what that has led to is keeping that Arctic air bottled up in Canada. So the eastern half of the country so far this month, a lot of places from from Dallas to Wichita, all the way to New York and Boston, all seeing either their warmest or top three warmest January 
starts on record. So that's pretty amazing. And in fact, you look at today, eastern half of the country, today in New York City, we're going to get up to 55 degrees. That's 15 degrees above average. Atlanta, 73. New Orleans, 75 degrees. Louisville, 68, 18 degrees above average. Tomorrow, that warmth lingers for one more day from Bangor at 50 degrees to Norfolk, 59. Rochester, though, temperatures, that colder air starting to filter in once that front moves through. And look at these temperatures. They start off cold for the weekend, 39 in Chicago. But by Monday, you're up to 50. D.C., 41 on Saturday. On Monday, you're up to 50 degrees as well. And that is your latest weather. All right, Alex. Thank you. Still ahead, a popular diabetes drug in short supply because some people are taking it to lose weight. We'll take a closer look at that shortage and the unexpected trend. But first, these messages. We got a lot more ahead, including beloved children's book author Judy Bloom. One of her best known stories, Becoming a Movie. Judy will be here in our studio with an exclusive first look at the trip. I haven't finished Blubber yet, so no spoilers. <laughs> Pop star, super fans, major investment to protect a major piece of Hollywood history. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. 